0: We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It's Monday. We're starting out another week. Presumably there'll be some crazy shit going on this week. There's crazy shit going on every week, whether it be George Santos, possible indictments or whatever the fuck. Now we even have to deal with mass shootings in California. We'll talk about those things shortly. And yes, I just have to own up. I did take the day off yesterday. There was no podcast for yesterday. I mean, Jesus Christ, most of these people that do podcasts do one or two a week. I do one every day. So I took a day off. And it kind of ties in with one of my first uh, DMs today. Came from a gentleman by the name of TJ. He's written before. He says, if I was a gambling man, I'd put money on that the reason you didn't do a podcast today was because your granddaughter wore you the fuck out. LOL. I hope you had a great weekend, Mike. TJ. Well, TJ, you'd be half right on that. I did get a chance to see my grandson and my granddaughter My grandson played in a couple of basketball games, and whenever I walk into the basketball game and my granddaughter is sitting on her uh, dad's lap, my son, or my daughter-in-law's lap, as soon as she comes in, she looks at me kind of slyly, and she waves and says, Hi, Grandpa, which is fucking awesome. Uh, But she knows as soon as I get there, she can do pretty much whatever she wants to do. She likes watching her brother play basketball. But she likes running up and down the hallways even better, so um, she starts wiggling around. And finally, they let her go, and she comes over. Uh, my wife was there too, and she loves her grandma. And so we go out in the hall for a bit. We kind of switch off because we want to see the game too. Uh, so my wife stayed watch the game. Me and my granddaughter went out in the hall, and we're running up and down and. Doing, She moves very fast for a little girl, I got to tell you. Certainly faster than I do. And and here's the problem. If you have a three-year-old kid running up and down hallways, you got to stay fairly close because shit can happen. And the last thing I need is to have her fall or hurt herself and then bring her back to her mom and dad. That would put me in a bad place, so I don't want to do that. But I did run around in the halls a lot with my granddaughter. And... You know, when you're 62, it doesn't take much to tire you out, especially somebody like me, not exactly at the peak of uh, his physical prime, (laughs) but I got to tell you, I had a great time doing it. But that wasn't the only reason. I mean, that was like two o'clock in the afternoon. I could have rested and uh, been back on track in time to do the podcast. However, uh, then I went out to dinner with my brother and his wife and my wife, and Uh, we went out to a casino, just, I don't gamble much, but I go out to casinos frequently. I'm pretty, pretty low key when it comes to gambling. I'm not much in to handing money over for nothing. I'm pretty conservative. I don't spend a lot. Anyway, we went out to this casino and I got home about 1230. And this is without having rested in between the time I spent with my grandkids and going out to this casino, we had dinner, we went out to this casino, and I didn't win shit. Didn't win shit. Uh, nobody won shit, which is pretty typical for going to a casino. <clears throat> but you go there for the entertainment. You know, you decide how much you're going to lose, uh, and then you don't lose anymore. It's those people that get caught up and they start losing. They say, well, I got to go to the ATM and get more. I don't do that shit. I decide how much I'm willing to lose, and that's it. If I lose it, I'm fucking gone. I'm not sucked into the gambling thing as much as some folks are. Anyway, we go out to this casino. We don't stay out real late, but I get home about 1230, right about the time when I'd record the uh, podcast, and I'm thinking to myself, should I sit down and record it? Well, you hadn't looked at anything all day. You hadn't done any research or any homework. You don't really know what you're talking about. And to be perfectly honest, normally that wouldn't stop me. (laughs) I don't necessarily have to know what I'm talking about to open my mouth, because once I open my mouth, it just fucking keeps going. But I was also really, really tired from the running with my granddaughter, being up all day. I got up kind of early for me. (laughs) Early is relative, I guess. But I got home at 1230. I go, Jesus, tomorrow's Sunday. I mean, even God took a day off. I can take one day off. And then I felt guilty about it. I'm going to bed. I can't sleep. I'm feeling guilty about it. But at this point, I don't really want to get up and do the podcast because I don't know what the fuck to talk about. So I didn't do the podcast. And TJ, you are right. Part of it had to do with my granddaughter. But the other part of it is was I was ill, ill prepared. And uh, and I was tired as a motherfucker because I was out late. I don't usually stay out that late. It's really weird when you get old. You'll be driving around and my wife will say, you know, I'm kind of hungry. I go, yeah, me too. Let's get, let's get something for dinner. And then we'll look at the time and it's like 4 o'clock. It's too fucking early to eat because I know at 9 o'clock I'm going to be hungry again and then I'm going to eat some crap your schedule gets real weird. You go to bed later, at least I do, and you get up later. um, And then you're roaming around. And and if you've got things to do, that's great. But if you don't, you just kind of lounge around. And my wife doesn't do very well with not having anything to do or not having a schedule. She likes that. I don't, but she does. And so we have to create things to do. I mean, it's great when we have our grandkids or we see a, a sporting event with our grandkids or our grand nephews. but when nothing else is going on, you're just kind of lounging around feeling like a bump on a log and you, well, my wife feels guilty about it. I don't. I love the fuck out of it. So anyway, TJ, you're right. My granddaughter, as always, wore me the fuck out, but I got home late. And, you know, frankly, and this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, I was being a little lazy. I hadn't done any homework. I was tired. So, fuck it, I'm going to bed. We can get through one Sunday without a Rational Boomer podcast. (laughs) But then again, I wake up all day today and go, I didn't do shit. I felt guilty about it. Anyway, I'm back and we're doing another podcast and we got plenty of shit to talk about starting out the week. I have a second email. This one comes from Leslie. Evening, Mike. Your devoted Gen Xer here, enjoying your podcast as always. Tonight, I heard you say something that, for the first time, I kind of disagree with. That was when you said House Democrats should ignore all forthcoming subpoenas they may get from the maggots because turnabout is fair play. I do believe this is a questionable position. If we don't stand for the rule of law, we are no better than them, just like Just because they're gerrymandering the fuck out of so many states, including my own Ohio, I don't want Dems to be able to do it either. My question then is, if you had to restate your thoughts again on Dems ignoring future subpoenas, do you stand firm with saying yes? Even if you don't want to change my fondness for you and your show, I just thought it was worth probing, Leslie. I get what you're asking. And I don't disagree with you. Yeah, you don't. You know, and I see Democrats doing that. You know, coming out with conspiracy theories. Oh, all the documents are in Ivana's grave. You know, I don't like it when um, Democrats do the same thing as the Republicans. You you want to be better than that. Um, you also got. Uh, um, Other situations, though, I mean, I'll give you an example. Jim Jordan, part of the Judiciary Committee, he's the chairman, is going to the DOJ and saying, we want all the documentation about your federal investigations. Just so happens to be investigations into them. Now, not only are they not going to give Jim all these documents, Nor should they, because of the Constitution, because of the rule of law. Jim Jordan is trying to make some noise and trying to get some hype going and trying to affect the narrative. He knows he's not getting shit from the DOJ, but he's still going to do it to make this noise, to make it look like he's a tough guy. The interesting thing is, Jim Jordan is asking, what are you afraid of? And he's the very guy that didn't testify um, and comply with his subpoena when the January 6th committee offered it. I mean, it's the peak of hypocrisy. It's fucking ridiculous. Now, as far as other Democrats testifying, there's two ways to look at this. You could gum up the system just like the Republicans did and, and... I understand what you're saying. We don't want to be at their level. But remember, I told you that sometimes you have to drop to their level in order for them to understand what the fuck is going on. Being above it all doesn't always work when you're dealing with a bully. Sometimes you got to kick them in the teeth. I'm not so sure that uh, some of these Democrats in the House are going to refrain from testifying. Because I think, I think. The Democrats in the House are kind of relishing in these investigations and this silliness. They like it because it's going to make them look bad coming up to the 2024 election. They will have done nothing in the House of Representatives. And in addition, they've wasted time and money and they look foolish. And I have a feeling that some of these Democrats may testify if they're called in order to embarrass these stupid fucks. I mean, make no mistake, they are dumb. They are dumb by every stance they take, and they are embarrassed every time. So some Democrat, Democratic House members or senators may take that opportunity to embarrass them. I mean, all you have to do is go on TikTok or YouTube or something, and you see how a Republican is embarrassed. The thing about it is, is, I know what you're saying, Leslie, that that you don't want to drop to their level. But there's a big difference between what the Democrats were doing when they subpoenaed the Republicans. This was a real thing. This was an attack on our country, and they refused to testify. Now, some of the things the Republicans want to investigate are like Hunter Biden's laptop or trying to impeach Joe Biden. These are just bullshit noise. Should the Democrats even give these people credit for even showing up? I mean, it's all ridiculous. As much as it may appear as though the Democrats are falling to their level, there's a certain amount of integrity and credibility you've got to maintain. Why would you want to let them continue doing this silliness, this waste of time? I'm not sure how they're going to do it, but Leslie, frankly, I don't see it as uh, equivalent. We're talking about the J6 committee and an attempted coup on our country. That's serious shit. Hunter Biden's laptop is bullshit, and we know it's bullshit. Should somebody be required to testify at that investigation? It's not comparable. It's like real against unreal. Truth against lies. Do you want to help them give these lies more oxygen? I don't think so. (laughs) The fact that you said you kind of disagree with me, I'm cool with that. In fact, I could probably stand more people disagreeing with me on this show. I'm fortunate that all of us are of similar minds, so I don't get that too much. And I'm not asking for it, but uh, I don't fear it. I don't know if I answered your question, Leslie, but uh, I appreciate it, and uh, I love the idea that you listen, (laughs) and that you'd be willing to still listen if you disagreed with me. Um, And uh, even though I didn't capitulate here and and totally agree with you, hopefully you understand where my mindset is. One thing you'll very rarely hear me say or, or do is restate something. I don't do anything out of emotion. I think about what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it. That's not to say I don't make mistakes, because I make plenty of mistakes and I will acknowledge them. But if I feel strongly about something and somebody disagrees with me, that's okay. I'm not going to restate it. I think there is a time when you give people a taste of their own medicine, especially when they're trying to compare it to something that they're doing that's absolute bullshit. There's no reason you would dignify an investigation like that by testifying. And I don't know exactly what they're going to do. They may testify. doesn't really matter to me. It's all going to be a waste of time. It's all going to be for naught. There's nothing that's going to pass because once it gets to the Senate, it'll be shut down. Now, I want to talk about Joe Biden a little bit. We'll talk about the documents and stuff later. But I have some problems with Joe Biden. Now, let me just say up front, he was a 9 million percent better candidate than Donald Trump. Joe Biden coming into office when he did in 2020, he was the right guy at the right time. And in these first two years, he's been very successful in spite of some of the uh, hurdles he's had to jump over. When I say hurdles, I'm talking about Republicans. He's done a great job. He's done a great job. But I don't know that his mindset is right for the future of this country. Let me explain. President Joe Biden on Friday rejected a push from congressional Democrats to get rid of the statutory debt ceiling, calling the idea of doing so irresponsible. Now, most countries in the world have gotten rid of this debt ceiling thing where you have to vote on it, and then somebody like the Republicans will try to hold the Democrats hostage in order to get them to comply with some of the demands they want, even if their demands are fucking crazy, like getting rid of Social Security and getting rid of uh, of Medicare, or at least cutting those things. The fact that we have to vote on this debt ceiling being raised is ridiculous. Nobody else does it we've done it 80 times since the 1960s in almost all of those cases it was just a rubber stamp yeah let's do it the alternative is disastrous why wouldn't you do it up until the time now we have the republicans that are running rogue and want to use it to their advantage in order to destroy our economy so they're 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 saying you got to do this before we agree to it. And I I, I don't know that we need all of them to agree to it. But what bothers me is when Joe Biden says, I rejected a push from congressional Democrats to get rid of the statutory debt ceiling. What are you thinking? Nobody else does it. It causes this turmoil. Now, what this reminds me of is something else that Joe Biden did a while back. Remember when we were trying to get things through the Senate and everything got jammed up because of the filibuster? The idea was to get rid of the filibuster. But even though he was struggling through it, Joe Biden even said at that point, yeah, I don't think we want to get rid of the filibuster. Come on, motherfucker. The filibuster is the one thing that stops anything being done for the people of this country, and you don't want to get rid of it. The filibuster is an antiquated, archaic thing. It's not for the people. It's for the people in Congress to save face. So we got Joe Biden saying, yeah, we don't want to uh, change the uh, debt ceiling. That's irresponsible. Well, if changing the debt ceiling limit is irresponsible, then what is raising the debt ceiling 80 times in the last 60 years? See, it's it's all pointless. Joe Biden is in this state of mind, this old school state of mind that we've always done this, so we're going to do it. Times have changed. Things are different. We don't need the filibuster. We don't need a debt ceiling. Because we're just going to raise it anyway. And as much as the Republicans want to say, we're going to hold out, and they are not. Even Mitch McConnell said, there's no way we're not raising the debt ceiling. That's just bullshit. And if Mitch McConnell says it, and I say it, and anybody with any common sense says it, you can be guaranteed they're going to raise the debt ceiling. This is just a, a game that the Republicans are using thinking they have enough power to pull this off. Well, they don't. The pressure will be applied. Because the Republicans are going to take the heat for this if they shut down the country. And how well do you think the Republicans are going to do in the elections coming up, 2024 and beyond, if they are the ones responsible for crashing the economy in this country and potentially globally? This is a game of chicken. This is the time when you've got to be tough. If you're going head-to-head in a game of chicken, you've got to realize who has the most to lose. And in this case, it's the Republicans. Well, actually, it's all of us. But they don't think about us anyway. And Joe Biden's doing the right thing. He's not. He said, I'm not negotiating with you. Why would he? They've never negotiated about this. It was just a rubber stamp. They fucking did it. It's just the Republicans doing what they do these days. Now, Biden's statement comes as Democrats are bracing for a showdown expected late next year, June, with the Republicans over the federal borrowing limit deadline. Republicans see this negotiation as an opportunity to push for their policy goals if they win the majority in the House. And some Democrats want the party to take action during the lame duck session to avoid this. They should have tried to avoid it when they had the majority. Always a day late and a dollar short. This is one of my problems with the Democrats. A group of House Democrats led by Pennsylvania Representative Brendan Boyle have drafted a letter to Speaker Nance P. Pelosi and Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer. This was something they were doing back while they still had the majority. And at that point, Joe Biden said, nah, I don't think it's a good idea. Well, I disagree with Joe Biden. Why create more drama in this world? I mean, we've got plenty of fucking drama at this point. It makes no sense. It makes no fucking sense at all. Now, Biden spoke to reporters Friday after his administration published final budget results for fiscal 2023, showing the deficit was half that of the prior years. He was asked specifically about proposals to eliminate the death ceiling, but not about ceding that authority to the Treasury Department. You mean just say we don't have a debt limit, Biden said? No, that would be irresponsible how is that any more irresponsible than raising the debt limit every time it comes it's six of one and half dozen of the other you see i don't understand joe biden's mindset he's too old school he's not up with the times again i you know i appreciate all that he's done and he was the right person to be the transition between donald trump that shit show and whatever is to be in the future he even said as much, and that's one of the reasons I don't think he'll run for a second term his age, and that he saw him as a saw himself as a transition president now Boyle is considered a front runner to succeed uh, uh, a gentleman by the name of Yarmouth who is retiring as the top Democrat on the House budget. Other signatories on Boyle's letter include Yarmouth and House Democratic Caucus Chairman Hakeem Jeffries of New York. The thing is, how do they even get that done? They don't have the majority in the House. How do they get that done unless they get some Republicans voting for it? But then you've got to get Kevin McCarthy to put it up for a vote. Again, for the Democrats, this is a lot of talk. I don't like the fact that Joe Biden says, yeah, I don't think we should do it. Of course you should do it. Why would we put ourselves in a situation like this every year? You think it's going to get better next year or the year after? No, it's not. And there's no need for it. The end result is always the same. You raise the debt limit or you don't raise the debt limit. If you don't have a rule to raise the debt limit, it's no less irresponsible, or no more irresponsible, and it saves us a lot of fucking drama. I'm all for cutting back on drama. Anyhow, another big story that we had um, this weekend, of course, was the shooting in Monterey Park, California, Los Angeles County Sheriff Robert G. Luna announced that the man found dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound in a white van in Torrance, California, was the suspect in a Lunar New Year shooting Saturday evening. Luna made the announcement in a press conference Sunday evening from Monterey Park. Okay, so this man's name is Hu Khan. Tran, or Tran, Can Tran, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, said Luna, and he was 72 years old and an Asian male. That kind of surprised me. I knew this was an Asian community. I thought it might be a racial thing, but clearly it's not. The man was elderly, and he was Asian himself. Authorities had previously released several photos of Tran captured by security cameras at the venue where the shooting occurred, but his name had not yet been reported. So the sheriff said, I can confirm that there are no outstanding suspects from the mass shooting incident that occurred in the city of Monterey Park. And although that closes a portion of a very long day for all of us, the investigation is still ongoing. Sheriff's homicide detectives are working around the clock gathering additional information and working on determining the motive behind this extreme tragic event. So 10 people were killed. 10 people were wounded or injured. I don't know if they were all wounded, but injured certainly. And a community was terrorized. According to Luna, a handgun was discovered in the van with the suspect, and another weapon was recovered earlier at a second location where the suspect allegedly retreated after the shooting, where he was disarmed by two community members who I considered to be heroes, said the sheriff. So... The weapon recovered was a magazine-fed semi-automatic assault pistol, not an assault rifle, but an assault pistol that had an extended large-capacity magazine attached to it. The shooting at a ballroom dance studio killed 10 people, wounded 10 more. Seven victims still remain hospitalized, said Luna, and the motive is still unknown. Well, I don't know if there is a fucking motive, but clearly... This was a man with emotional problems. People of normal capacity, mental capacity, don't do this kind of shit. And it's interesting, we don't know what the first weapon they got was. It was an assault pistol, but they're not telling us what the first weapon is. My guess it's probably an assault rifle. But see, the interesting thing about this is, this guy... Apparently he had been to that ballroom, that dance school or studio, many times. What sets a guy off who's part of the community to do something like this? We know in this country right now, there's a lot of volatility. People are angry. You can't just walk down the street and have, without somebody saying something to you, to start some shit. This is part of what the Trump administration and the Republicans have done. They made everything adversarial. So no one can say, hey, I disagree with you. You can say that, but people will get mad and get angry and sometimes violent. This is an attitude in this country that we've got to change. We've got to stop this. Every politician comes up and says they want to unify this country. And that would be a good thing. But very few can do it. And if they do it, it doesn't last very long. Of course, after 9-11, we had some unity. After the Olympic hockey team in 1980, there was some unity. But it always fades away. People have short memories. The idea of unifying this country is a pretty lofty goal. Hell, unifying the Republican Party at this stage is almost impossible. You look at the House of Representatives, you have the MAGA, you have the conservatives and the moderates, and never the twain shall meet. We've got a lot of divisiveness in this country and have had for at least the last six years with uh, Donald Trump's administration. But I'll I'll say this, the divisiveness started in 2008 with with, uh, Barack Obama. And it wasn't Barack Obama's fault. I just get this feeling, and I've said this many times before. I feel like Donald Trump and everything that's followed has been punishment for having the audacity of electing a black man to the presidency. I really believe that. That was a step too far for some of these racist fucks, and now they want to punish us and make sure that never happens again. Well, I'm hoping that sometime soon it does happen again. I hope not only that it's a person of color, but that that it's a woman. Why not? We've got some pretty strong women in our politics, whether they be of color or not. But we've had all these years, all these decades, with old white men being the president of the United States, controlling Congress. And look where we are. I've always said one of my... Tenants in life, or tenets in life, is that if you do something and it ends up getting fucked up or you're wrong, the smartest move is to do something different. I tried to do that in my life. And uh, in this country, if we keep having problems and difficulties and violence and gun problems and economic problems by electing old white men to positions of power, It only makes sense we do something different. We elect another person of color. We take it a step farther and have the audacity to elect a a woman of color. I'm not suggesting Kamala or anybody specifically. I'm just saying we've done this so long and it's clearly not working. Why not fucking change it up? Why the hell not? All right, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. All right, this next story is going to make it seem like uh, on this show it's just a Rip Biden show, and that's not what it's meant to be. Um, I've always told you I'm not a Democrat or a Republican, and whoever does something fucking stupid or illegal, I will call them out. Because, again, it's not about Republicans against Democrats. It's about them against us. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. Both Democrats and Republicans have been a little untrustworthy over the decades. Of course, the Republicans are the worst of the worst, and we side with the Democrats in order to hopefully at some point vanquish these trump That said, what's going on with the Democratic Party as of late, I've been pretty much in line with. And I've been pretty much in line with most things that Joe Biden has done. That said, this particular story pisses me off because it just kind of shows how the Democrats will step on their own dick sometimes. The FBI, you know, um, has been looking into this documents case with Biden as well as Donald Trump. Now, people are trying to compare the document issue that Joe Biden has with Republicans and Donald Trump. There is no comparison. What Donald Trump was highly illegal. He lied to the DOJ and the FBI. Far as we know, he still holds on to these, uh, some of these documents. And then all of a sudden, Joe Biden's um, people, his lawyers, go to the Penn Biden Library or think tank or whatever. They find some documents. Oh shit! That's embarrassing. Then they go to his garage. They find some more documents. Okay, now that's kind of fucked up. Now... The FBI searched President Joe Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware on Friday and located additional documents with classified markings and also took possession of some of his handwritten notes, the president's lawyer said on Saturday. Now, the president voluntarily allowed the FBI into his home, which was unlike Donald Trump. But the lack of a search warrant did not dim the extraordinary nature of the search. There was no search warrant here. Joe said, yeah, come on in, check it out, which is the right thing to do, which is exactly what Donald Trump did not do. It compounded the embarrassment to Joe Biden that started with the disclosure on January 12th that the president's attorneys had found a small number of classified records at a former office, the Penn-Biden Center, in Washington shortly before the midterm elections. Since then, the attorneys found six classified documents in Biden's home library from his time as vice president. Though Biden has maintained there's no there there, the discoveries have become a political liability as he prepares to consider reelection in 2024. And they kind of, you know, they kind of undercut his efforts to portray an image of propriety to the American public after the whole shit show with Donald Trump. Now, Friday's search lasted nearly 13 hours. The FBI took six items that contained documents with classified markings. Uh said Bob Bauer, he's the president's personal lawyer. The item spanned Biden's time in the Senate and uh, the vice presidency. While the notes dated to his time as vice president, he said the level of classification of whether the documents removed by the FBI remain classified was not immediately clear as the Justice Department reviews the records. This was a planned and consensual search. Now, of course, Joe and Jill were not at home when it was searched. They were spending the weekend in their home in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, speaking to reporters during a trip to California on Thursday. Biden said he was fully cooperating and looking forward to getting this resolved quickly. And after they first found those first set of documents, I thought, OK, this is this is just You know, happenstance. This just happened. It's fucking stupid. It's embarrassing. But, you know, let's get it done. He did nothing wrong. He gave them back as soon as he knew they were there. But then we find the ones in the garage. And now one's in the home after an FBI search. What the fuck is going on? I mean, we know Donald Trump just walked out of the White House with boxes and boxes and boxes of top secret documents, loaded them on a plane and took them to fucking Mar-a-Lago. Joe Biden's got them in his his think tank, his garage and his house. Forgive me if I'm wrong here, but I thought top secret documents and classified documents were supposed to be protected. They were sacrosanct in this country. Only certain people got to see them. They could only be seen in certain places that were secure like a skiff. But now it sounds like that anybody can go grab a handful and stuff them under their fucking bed. That makes you question the whole process we have in dealing with these top secret documents. Now, I know what Joe Biden did probably wasn't illegal because it wasn't intentional, and he's giving everything back um, willingly. But why is this happening? Now, there are people that will say, well, Donald Trump or the Secret Service um, planted them. You know, and I guess that's conceivable. But as I just pointed out in this story, that it sounds like many of these documents found in his house were dated around the time of his vice presidency, which would proceed six years ago from when Donald Trump took office. So maybe that's not a thing. We know how Donald Trump is, and we know the kinds of things he does. So the idea that the Secret Service might sneak in because they favor him or they support him and dump stuff off just to take the heat off of his problem with the FBI, that's conceivable. And maybe some of that happened, but not all of it happened, clearly, because this last stuff is dated. They've said it's dated during the time he was vice president. My question is, is if all these documents are all over the fucking place, where's the National Archives and the DOJ? How come Joe Biden had to have these things found and tell the National Archives, oops, we got these? I thought the National Archives keeps records in all these documents and always needs to know where they are. And if they don't know where they are, don't you think they'd go looking for them or ask a question or two? But apparently not with Joe Biden stuff. If this stuff is over six years old, fucking the National Archives, the DOJ was asleep at the wheel. Now, whether Joe Biden is criminally culpable for this thing, and I don't think he is, it is a little worrisome to know that this system that we've always thought was pretty pretty tight and handled Clearly isn't. Now, who else has top-secret documents? Members of Congress? Fucking Ginny Thomas? Who has them? And how do we know if they have them? Because apparently the National Archives isn't keeping as good a track as we thought. I don't know. Again, this this is another situation where the Democrats... Just step on their own dick. What Donald Trump was illegal, did was illegal. And I will tell you this, too. And I've heard Jack Smith has said this, too. This shit with Joe Biden isn't going to slow down or hamper anything they're doing with Donald Trump because it's uh, vastly different. One is criminal, the other is not. Biden said, we found a handful of documents were filed in the wrong place. Okay. We immediately turned them over to the archives and the Justice Department. It remained to be seen whether additional searches by federal officials of other locations might be conducted. Biden's personal attorney previously conducted a search of the Rehoboth Beach residence and said they did not find any official documents or classified records. Now, Bauer of the FBI, or Bauer, the lawyer of Biden, said the FBI requested that the White House not comment on the search before it was conducted, and that Biden's personal and White House attorneys were present. The FBI, he added, had full access to the president's home, including personally handwritten notes, files, papers, binders, memorabilia, to do lists, schedules, and reminders going back. To the decades. So, presumably, he's got a note from Jill that says, Don't forget to pick up Captain Crunch, Joe. The Justice Department, he added, took possession of materials it deemed within the scope of its inquiry, including six items consisting of documents with classification markings and surrounding materials, some of which were from the president's service in the Senate. The fucking Senate! And some of which were his tenure as vice president. So, what that's saying here is, these were not, at least this tranche of of documents were not planted by Donald Trump or the Secret Service. He's got documents that go back to the Senate. How long has it been since he's been in the Senate? He spent eight years with Obama. So, this stuff goes back before 2008. And nobody said a fucking word. See, my problem with this is is that our system, I'm not as mad at Donald Trump as I, I am our system. Why is everything we see now showing us that our government has no teeth? Donald Trump's in office for four years. There's all kinds of norms he's got to follow. Nobody would ever step over those norms. But, of course, Donald Trump trampled over those motherfuckers. We've got a National Archives and the DOJ supposedly protecting these top secret and classified documents. But Donald Trump can load up a plane with them and bring them down to fucking Florida. Joe Biden can just forget about this shit in his offices, strewn everywhere. That's troubling. That's absolutely troubling. And, and, you know, Joe's taking the high road, turning everything over, being, being cooperative. Uh, Donald Trump, on the other hand, is not being cooperative and being kind of a dickhead about it. And it's going to cost him with an indictment. Now, generally, classified documents are to be declassified after a maximum of 25 years, but some records are of such value that they remain classified for far longer, though specific exceptions must be granted. Biden served in the Senate from 1973 to 2009. So God knows how old these documents are. But the question is, why does Joe Biden, senator, Joe Biden vice president, seem to have a need to possess classified documents now we know why donald trump did it first of all he thought it was cool (laughs) donald trump was even suggesting that all he really took was empty folders that said top secret and classified on them because he thought they'd be cool keepsakes well there were some empty folders there and we don't know where that shit is But there were literal documents there. But Donald Trump's going to throw this out thinking he can talk his way out of it. Well, he can't. But we need to look at what Joe Biden was doing with this shit. And we need to find out who else had this. You know, let's be honest. If Joe Biden had stuff going back to his Senate days, does George W. Bush and Dick Cheney have documents? I mean, fuck, they could. Who doesn't have documents? Shit, they're going to be selling them at uh, a at, at, uh, little kiosk in Washington, D.C. We can get mad at the people who steal these things, like Donald Trump, and we can hold him accountable. We can even get angry at Joe Biden for having these things for what reason we don't even fucking know. But the real problem here is the system we have clearly isn't working because top-secret documents aren't top-secret. Classified documents aren't classified. Apparently, anybody can bring them home for keepsakes, and that's bullshit, regardless who does it. Fuck, if Abraham Lincoln brought home top-secret documents, you'd have to say, Abe, what the fuck? All right. I'm going to get off Joe Biden now. I know some people get pissed off because I'm picking on Joe Biden. Well, the fact of the matter is, if you're in politics and you're supposed to represent us and you're supposed to serve us, if you fuck up, well, then you're entitled to get your shit taken and and straightened out. And there are some issues with Joe Biden. Again, I'll just say for those people who will get mad at me, he's a good president. He's a good guy. He's doing what he's doing, and it's helping the country. I will give him that. But what we're finding out in D.C. is a fucking sloppy, careless mess, and that is a problem. Because any one of these documents could could cause problems for this country or, or affect the security of this country. And that's the whole point of making them top secret. But we don't do anything to protect them. Therein lies the big problem we've got to address and we've got to fix. Now let's talk about somebody who's really a fuck-up. And that would be Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Guess what? There's a new brand-new documentary coming out about Justice Brett Kavanaugh, which was filmed under intense secrecy. It shocked everyone at its sold-out Friday night premiere at the Sundance Film Festival. I don't know what they can do with this, now that he's already a Supreme Court justice. Justice is Is the title of the film, which clearly has more than one meaning, takes a deep dive into the Kavanaugh confirmation controversy and the FBI's investigation after the Republican-controlled Senate quickly, I mean, just jammed through Kavanaugh, through the process to seat him on the Supreme Court. They didn't give a fuck if he was an idiot or a rapist, or whatever they thought he was. It didn't matter. He was Republican. He was conservative. Get him on the court right now. And that's exactly what they did. The documentary shares information that was reported to, but never, ever investigated by the FBI under Donald Trump. Producer Amy Hardy said she hopes it triggers outrage and leads to a real investigation with subpoena powers. You see, this this goes to what I was saying before. We think everything in our government is stringent and correct and full of justice. But now we're finding out, as something that we all pretty much knew, that uh, Brett Kavanaugh has a lot of problems. There's a lot of uh, suspicious stuff around Brett Kavanaugh. But he was shoved through the system and the FBI did nothing. Mainly because Donald Trump controlled the FBI. William Barr controlled the FBI. And Christopher Wray, who's currently the head of the FBI, was a guy appointed by Donald Trump. Now, the filmmakers found via FOIA request that there were roughly 4,500 tips sent to the FBI's tip line that went uninvestigated, including information related to claims against Kavanaugh made by his former Yale classmate, Deborah Ramirez. In a 2018 New Yorker article, which Kavanaugh has denied, 4,500 tips, and the FBI said, Yeah, nothing to see here. Ramirez alleged that at a gathering with friends when she was a freshman in 1983, Kavanaugh pulled down his pants and thrust his penis at her. He likes beer, though. <laughs> Justice also shared a tape recording of a tip given to the FBI from another Yale classmate of Kavanaugh's, Max Steer, in which he details a similar incident that the FBI never investigated. Never. So we've got this clown, this sexual deviant, this drunk, this idiot on our Supreme Court. And you know what? He's not even the worst one on the Supreme Court. That's what's fucking troubling. Now, this uh, documentary was directed by Doug Liman or Lyman. He also did Swingers and Born Identity, so he's, you know, he's pretty solid. The documentary came as a surprise to almost everyone because it was filmed under extreme secrecy. Of course it was. If anybody knew this was going on, somebody in the government would have tried to shut it down. So I'm thankful that he was able to do this in secrecy and get the fucker done and get it out. Lehman said at a post-screening Q&A that watching Dr. Christian Blassey Ford, remember her, listening to her testimony in 2018, had enraged him, and he became obsessed with getting to the truth of the story. While Dr. Blassey's Ford's testimony is part of the film, the focus stays more on the FBI's seemingly deliberate attempts to ignore the credible information about Kavanaugh that should have disqualified him from being seated. Now, I know there is some Democratic politicians who are asking for yet another investigation and to revisit his his, uh, approval to the House or to the Supreme Court. Whether that will happen or not, I'm not sure. Again, it goes to, is there truly justice in our government? Is there, are there truly rules? Are people, tr- is, every, is it true that nobody's above the law? Well, we talked about this the other day. That's not true. It's just fucking not true. Sitting member, uh, 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 sitting president, members of Congress, wealthy people, they're all above the law. So you keep saying that, Merrick Garland, or anybody keeps saying that, I say now prove it. Prove it. You can start with indictments to members of Congress, to the former president of the United States. That would be a start. It doesn't fix it because we apparently have been going through decades where people uh, subvert the law or somehow lie, cheat, and steal or somehow compromise the FBI to put Supreme Court justices on the bench that should not be there. It'll be interesting to see what this documentary does, because it was in in the Sundance uh, competition. But when it gets out to the public, and more people get to see it, and people in the news media see it, this is going to cause a shitstorm for Brett Kavanaugh. And as I say, he's not even the worst one. He's a big dumb fuck. He's not looking to overthrow the country. He's just a criminal in his own right. He's a um, sexual predator or committed sexual assaults, which should kick him off the court. But he's not even close to as bad as Alito, Clarence Thomas, people who are trying to... Well, Alito's trying to go against the majority of the country by overturning Roe v. Wade. And Clarence Thomas, well, he's just married to a fucking insurrectionist. Like everything else I've been talking about, we, we've been taught to respect and believe that our Supreme Court is above it all. Clearly, they're not. And if the Supreme Court not only follows rule of law, but also has no way to be held accountable, and we know that's the case because now they're saying, well, maybe we uh, we ought to have some uh, ethics on the Supreme Court. Well, motherfucker, we should have had that a long time ago. I can't believe they didn't have it. None of us knew they didn't have it. They just do whatever the hell they want. All right, let's talk about some goofy shit. And when I say the word goofy, who do we think of? Well, yeah, Donald Trump too, but no, I'm thinking something more current. I'm thinking Representative George Santos of New York. Now, you remember this story. I mean, there's all the lies that he's told, and it's been absolutely ridiculous. It's almost laughable if it wasn't so problematic for our House of Representatives. But then the thing came out that said um, George Santos was a drag queen, which in itself isn't a bad thing. I mean, if he wants to be a drag queen, that's fine. But we know that he is strongly against a lot of LGBTQ rights, which doesn't make sense because he's gay. He said he's gay. And he's sidled up to... Not only the Republicans, but the MAGA party or MAGA group, who are strongly against LGBTQ people. But he somehow ingratiated himself with these folks. But now this comes out that he is a drag queen. You see how it doesn't make a lot of fucking sense? Anyway, first comes out, he says, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. I'm not a drag queen. Then a picture comes out, and they match it up pretty good. He goes, I'm not a drag queen. That's photoshopped or whatever. Then a video comes out. (laughs) It's definitely him. And he's not saying much at that point. And then they dig up some old Wikipedia page that he presumably wrote himself. And uh, stating that he was in many uh, gay beauty contest and he, he uh, was a drag queen. He's, I mean he says <laughs> and he's denying this all the time but when all this stuff comes out um, now he's changing his tune. Now he's saying, no, I was not a drag queen in Brazil. Guys, I was young and had fun at a festival. Sue me for having a life. Well, George, I don't know that you have a life. We know you've concocted a life. That's not true. So how are we supposed to suspect that you have a life? So now he's gone from, no, I'm not a drag queen, to, no, I'm not a drag queen, but I did have an experience in college. (laughs) Wow. He looked, you know, I got to say, as a drag queen, he looked pretty good. Uh, Clearly, he was much younger than he is now, but he was like 24, 25. But now he's now he's stepping back from it. Yeah, well, I did dress as a woman, but I'm not a drag queen. Well, you said he were in beauty contests. That would suggest you're a drag queen. And if you are, just own up to it. The only reason he doesn't want to own up to it is because he knows his best friends in the House of Representatives don't like people like you. A Brazilian drag performer recently told journalists that Santos, who is a gay, who is gay performed in Brazil as a drag queen named Katara. Oh, I like that name. She provided a picture of herself with another person in drag who she said was Santos at a parade in Rio de Janeiro. In a tweet last week, Santos said the suggestion that he was a drag performer was categorically false. Yeah, but now it appears Santos himself may have confirmed more than a decade ago that he performed in drag as a teenager in Brazil. According, as I said, to a 2011 Wikipedia entry written by username Anthony DeVolder, which was an alias that he used, or is actually his real name, and George Santos is an alias. DeVolder started this thing. He said, stage life at age 17 as a gay nightclub drag queen. He called himself a drag queen. Now the question is, How do the MAGA folks like George Santos now? How do you like me now? (laughs) I'm not only a liar and an embarrassment, uh, but I tend toward the LGBTQ things, the things that you fucking absolutely hate. The embattled lawmaker is under multiple federal and local level investigations as a tally of falsehoods about the background he sold to voters continues to grow. He is admitted to lying about his work experience, heritage, education, and is also being probed over alleged campaign finance violations. Now, Republicans in Congress have done very little to punish the lawmaker over the lies he told to get elected. Appearances as a drag queen could stir within the power party whose members have been targeting drag artists. You remember those stories, you know, how they're suggesting that drag queens are pedophiles. How are they going to like George now? I mean, some of the other things he told us was his mom was a victim of 9-11. He had a grandmother in the Holocaust. It's Jesus Christ. I mean, what does a guy have to do to get admonished by the Republican Party? Again, this all goes back to the fact that they have a slim margin in the House. And by getting rid of George Santos, that would make it even slimmer, and getting them closer to losing their majority. Because they only give a fuck about their power, not about what's right or what their constituents voted for. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with this. Like I've said in previous TikToks or podcasts, this is a real problem for the Republicans. Not only because he's an embarrassment, but because this is a time when the Republicans want to... Make hay while the sun shines. They've got all these ideas for investigations. They want to control the narrative. They want to be screaming about those things that they think are horrific, which are all bullshit. But they want to be screaming about it. But it's impossible to control the narrative when every reporter comes up and says, yeah, what about George Santos? See, he's a problem on two sides. He's a problem because he's a fraud Because he's an embarrassment. But he's sucking up all the oxygen, too. They can't go out and scream their rhetoric if George Santos takes the spotlight every fucking time. (laughs) Oh, man. The Republicans can't help themselves. They fuck up every time. Donald Trump fucks up every time. He implicates himself in another crime every time he talks. We've got um, the Republicans trying and hoping to God that they can win some elections in 2024, but everything they're doing is going to cost them elections. It's going to cost them elections. One last thing I want to tell you, this came out of the Washington Post. Columnist Jennifer Rubin noted that any revelations around President Joe Biden's documents found will not only have no bearing on the investigation conducted by special counsel Jack Smith. Now, I'm sure that's a lot, of, a lot of what Democrats are worried about and Republicans are hoping for. They want to push to this false equivalency of, well, Donald Trump did this, but Joe Biden's just as bad. That's not the case. And the uh, thing you have to understand about Jack Smith, he's focused on two cases— the January 6th insurrection, and the top secret documents that Donald Trump stole. Everything else really doesn't matter. He's focused on what he's focused on. So, if the Republicans think this is going to take the edge off Donald Trump's investigation, it's not. If Democrats are worried it's going to take the edge off the Trump investigation, it's not. Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed Smith to oversee the probe into the January 6th related issues and the documents theft case Trump faces. While Biden is facing his document issues, what Smith is doing, according to Rubin, Trump is not less likely to face charges due to Biden's documents. Nothing about the Biden investigation should impede the Justice Department's inquiry. Into Donald Trump, she wrote on Sunday. Indeed, allowing politics to color the Trump investigation would be a miscarriage of justice. She argued that while Biden's lawyers bungled the PR from the beginning, nothing they have done is illegal, concealed the documents, or attempted to hold back the documents. As was reported last week, the legal team was trying to work by the book from the beginning. And that is the vast difference between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. The fact that they're finding documents on Joe Biden's property is a fuck up. It's embarrassing, but it has no bearing on the criminal activity, the crimes that Donald Trump committed that's vastly different. They aren't comparable. The only thing comparable is we're talking about classified documents. The real issue with Joe Biden isn't about whether Joe Biden's a criminal, it's whether our way of controlling and protecting top-secret documents is inept, and it sure as hell sounds like it at this point. We'll see how this all shakes out, but if you think Donald Trump's getting off the hook because Joe Biden fucked up, don't. That's not going to happen. Donald Trump will have to pay the price for what he's done, because what he's done is absolutely criminal. The proof is there. The documents were in his home. He lied to the FBI. He tried to hide documents from the FBI. He may still have documents from the FBI, or the, what the FBI wants. And again, I brought this up in a previous podcast. The real determination about those documents found on Biden's property would be the dates. If the dates of these documents somehow were after Donald Trump became president. That would suggest that somebody in the Trump world planted these documents. But as we talked about earlier, some of the stuff found in his home were not only predating 2016 or yeah, predating 2016, six years ago, but even going far back as when he was a senator. For Christ's sake. So I don't know about the previous stuff they found, but this last stuff they found, it's clear. they w- was not planted by Trump, the Secret Service, or anybody. So just get that out of your fucking heads. It doesn't make a difference. But they did not plant it. If these documents go as far back as they say they go, they weren't planted. This is Joe and his people's fuck-up. And he should be accountable for that, even if it's not criminal. He deserves whatever embarrassment comes out of that because he fucking did it. Simple as that. All right, let's wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for spending the time um, to listen to the show. I know it's an hour out of your day, and I appreciate you taking that hour to listen. I want to thank you for most of you <laughs> for not giving me heat about not doing the podcast yesterday, excluding TJ, because TJ did bring it up, but in a funny way, so I'm not mad about it. Those days will happen now and again where I just can't do it. I'll either be sick or too lazy or tired, and I was tired and I just wasn't going to do it, and it was going to be a Sunday and not much has happened and anyway, so. Anyhow, I appreciate all of that. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.